Hallelujah. Christians, Christians have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Does anybody believe that? When you come to God, your role changes in this world. Your abode changes in this world. Everything changes. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 says this, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us. Everybody say, we've been translated. Bible said we've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Talking about Jesus Christ. Said he delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So here's my question. Why then are countless believers, so-called Christians, still vulnerable to Satan? Why are people still vulnerable to the access of the devil in our life? And I'm going to answer that with two words tonight, no knowledge. Everybody say no knowledge. I'm going to talk a little bit tonight about the devil's door, the devil's door. I've never spoke on this subject before, but it's a good time to start. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 13 says this, Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. They went into captivity, he said, because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. You see, I want you to understand on this Wednesday night, there's a door to our souls that is undetected by many, but known widely in the realm of the supernatural world. In the supernatural world, things are different. And I believe in the supernatural, and I hope you do, because if we don't, we don't believe there's angels, we don't believe there's the presence of God, we don't believe a lot of things. But there's also demonic spirits, and there's a lot of things that, that operate in the realm of the spiritual and the supernatural. There's a door to our soul that is undetected by so many, but it is known widely in the realm of the supernatural. Under divine law, Satan is always restricted to the realm of darkness unless we grant him legal access into our soul. You have to allow the devil as a Christian inside. You have to allow him to speak and to move and to de determine your ways. You have the right to keep him out, but you can very easily let him in. Opening the door, opening the door really gives Satan control, resulting in what he's best at. And that, the Bible said, he has come to kill and to steal and to destroy. So he's, he's a, if you open up your life and you allow the devil in, then, you, then it's going to result in theft. It's going to result in destruction. It's going to re result in bondage and ultimately death. So I, I want you to, we're going to talk about the devil's door here tonight. No knowledge is what happened to the people of Israel, the children of God. The Bible said they've gone into captivity because they don't have knowledge. They didn't know. They didn't try to know. Here's what Jesus said in John 10 and 10, and I just quoted part of it. He said, the thief cometh not 
but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he said, I am, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Now, let's be real. If, if you're a thief, hopefully you're not. If there's anything I can't stand, it's a thief. But if you're a thief, you would go to great lengths to make sure that your victim was unaware of your presence. Am I right? Thieves usually show up in the dark. They try to come hidden. They don't want anybody to know that they're there. If you were a thief, you'd do the same thing. So if Satan can come as a thief, and if he can keep you ignorant, and he retains his access and his control to your life, ignorance, ladies and gentlemen, has a very high price. And the Bible talks about ignorance. The Bible said, lest Satan should get advantage and advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. How many of you understand in this room tonight that God gave us knowledge so that we would not be ignorant of the devices that the devil comes at us with? Amen? It's all in this book right here. Our defense is in this word and the things that we need to know. So, what is the door? What is the devil's door? We talked about no knowledge and people of God went into captivity because they had no knowledge. But what is the devil's door? It is something called rebellion. Or it could be determined as disobedience against God's authority. Disobedience and rebellion are Actually, actually, if I could say it this way, there's two kinds of disobedience. Adam disobeyed willfully, and Eve disobeyed when she was deceived. Now give that some thought, because I'm fixing to give you scripture to prove what I'm saying. Adam disobeyed willfully, but Eve disobeyed because she was deceived. Here's what Paul said in Romans 5:19: For as by one man's disobedience, Many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. He's talking about Adam's sin, and then because Jesus came as righteous, we can become righteous. Here's what 2 Corinthians 11.3 said. Paul said this, but I fear, lest by any man's, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity of, that is in Christ. Your minds should be corrupted. How? Because the same way the serpent beguiled Eve. Now, we know what the serpent did in the beginning, don't we? Uh, first, th first thing the serpent did to Eve was he started asking questions. You know, I find that's the way the devil trips up a lot of folks. He just gets them questioning everything. Well, do you really have to have the Holy Ghost? Do you really have to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus? Do you really have to live that kind of lifestyle? Do you really have to be this? Do you really have to do that? Don't you understand that when the devil wants to get your attention, he starts questioning what you believe? That's exactly what he did to Eve. 1 Timothy 2.14 said this. Now watch this. Adam was not deceived. The Bible said that. But the woman being deceived was in transgression. Adam was not deceived. 
he, he knew what he was doing because God had already told him. But Eve got talked into eat, eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because the devil questioned her and said to her, after his question, hath God said, her question then, or his question then led to this, he doesn't want you to become a God like he is. He's afraid that you will have his power, his authority. He's afraid that you will become a God. And he beguiled, he deceived her. I'm going to talk a little bit about deceit tonight. But, but then she took, took her case to Adam. And the Bible said that Adam was not deceived. The woman was deceived, but I'll tell you what Adam got. He got the voice of a woman in his ear, and he got talked into it. Now, I know y'all don't like that. We wouldn't be in this mess we in if you ladies wouldn't have been deceived. But they both sinned, one by deceit and one willfully. Everybody said amen. Here's what Matthew 24, 24 said. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Do you understand? that this is the most deceitful day that we've ever lived in in the history of mankind. When Adam and, or when Eve was deceived and Adam fell willfully into sin, they, they fell out of rebellion and disobedience to the Word of God. But when they sin, they cause great destruction and great sorrow in this world. You can go read in Genesis chapter 3 the result of their sin, how that God put the, the pain of childbearing upon the woman. How that God spoke and said the serpent would crawl on his belly for the rest of his days. And he gave out the, the punishments and he drove them from the garden. But it was because somebody got deceived. I want to tell you, it is a very crucial thing that we have enough knowledge not to be deceived in the 21st century. You don't get knowledge without study. You don't get knowledge without coming to the house of God. You don't get knowledge without experience. Amen? There's some things you learn by experience. Everybody said amen. So, so how did the devil deceive Eve? He distorted God's protective command of denial into something good. He, he tried to make it look good, making God out of being a taker instead of a giver. He made God out of a lie, causing God to appear unjust in the eyes of Eve. He said, hath God said, well, here's the reason, because God doesn't want you to be like him. And, he, you know, who wouldn't want to be like God? Who wouldn't want to have the creative powers of God? Who wouldn't want to be like the higher power? He perverted the foundation of God's character in order to turn God or turn Eve against God's authority. And let me tell you, he hasn't changed. He will still pervert the character of God. It is a deceitful thing of the devil. For, for him to do everything he can. He, he don't want to get you far off course. He just wants to get you off course enough to be lost. He wants you to have enough right to feel good, but enough wrong to be wrong. Does that sound okay? He Look, he's a smart devil. 
I've exposed him. I've talked about him in depth here for three Wednesday nights on what he really is, how he's an accuser of the brethren and how he, the things that he, that he brings to the table. But I want to tell you tonight, you can leave the door open for the devil by deceit and by disobedience and by rebellion to the Word of God. Hallelujah. You know what Psalm said? Psalms 97 and 2 said this about God. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment, that word literally means justice, are the habitation. That word literally habitation means foundation of his throne. So here's the way it ought to read. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. He's not going to do you bad. He's going to tell you right. He's going to tell you good. He's going to lead you in the right direction. He's going to give you the right things to say and where to go and what to do. Everything he expects out of you is in this book. If any man, Paul said, come preaching any other gospel than that I have preached to you, let him be accursed. And he said, I said it before and I'm going to say it again. If any man preach any other gospel, let him be accursed. Everybody said amen. So, so by bis disobeying God's word and submitting to Satan, they opened the door and they gave him legal access to become their new master. That's what they did. And by enslaving God's creation, he enthroned himself. Satan is the prince and the power of the air. And the Bible talks about him as being the God of this world. Go read that. It's in your Bible. The God of this world. So what we have to understand, we can't give him an inch because he'll take a mile in your life. You can't find yourself in disobedience to the, to the Word of God, to the authority of God, and in rebellion to the things of God. It has to be settled in your heart that there's nothing good outside God's will or you, my friend, can be deceived. We cannot be swayed with every wind of doctrine. We cannot be blown from place to place. We cannot just accept what people say. I'm going to tell you again, I've been preaching this for 52 years, and I'll preach it now. Check me out by the book. If I'm not in the book, you don't need to listen to me. But if I'm in the book, you better listen to me because this is the authority of the Word of God. Does anybody believe that tonight? Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. James 1.16 said this, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, everything settled in your heart, the good things of God come out of this word and across the pulpit. You look, this is not in my notes, but let me tell you something. I believe in apostolic authority. And I believe that you and I, we all need a preacher. I believe the preached Word of God is powerful in your life. And people that minimize the study of the Word of God, even the things we do on Sunday or Wednesday or any other time, I believe when they minimize that, they are, they are rejecting the authority and the power of the Word of God. 
it's not me. It's when God calls a preacher, it's not because he's something, but he calls a preacher to be the very mouthpiece of God. I never walk to this pulpit that I don't want God to be or for me to be the very mouthpiece of God. It's not what I say. It's what God says. It's his authority. It's his word. And you can open the door to the devil by de- denying and disobeying the word of God. Not talking about man-made religion. I'm not talking about going through the motions. I'm not talking about, well, brother so-and-so said this, so we believe this. Or uh, Look, forget about what brother so-and-so said. Forget about what I said. Forget about what, what about the Word of God? This is where your salvation is. Does anybody believe that in this room tonight? It's in this book. For too long, I'll tell you what Jesus said. He got onto the Pharisees one time, and he said, you are teaching for commandments the doctrines of men. You are teaching for commandments. You've made it a heaven or hell issue, and it's nothing that I have anything to do with. It's because you don't like it or you do like it. Hallelujah. So disobedience throws the devil's door wide open. And, and it gives him the legal access to your life. But obedience to the Word of God keeps the door shut. Now listen to me. Denying him legal access. If you stay with the Word of God, he can't get in. He has no power in your life. A deceived person sees himself as doing what is right or best when actually he is in rebellion, a deceived person. Boy, it got quiet then, didn't it? I want to say it again. A deceived person sees himself as doing what is right or best when actually he is in rebellion. Now listen to me. I'm going to prove that by the Word of God. But I want to say a couple things before I do. I know people that justify everything they do by somebody else. You know what the Bible said? We don't measure ourselves by ourselves. You, you, I, I can't say, well, I'm, I'm doing good as Jimmy Williams. Well, Jimmy Williams is still here. He hadn't made heaven yet. I can't say I'm doing good as Jason Hodge because he's not. He, I hadn't heard the, heel, the, the doors click behind your heels yet, Brother Hodge. I can't measure myself by you. I'm deceiving myself if I'm measuring myself by other men. Does that make sense to you? When a deceived person sees himself as doing what is right, but he's actually in rebellion, here's a prime example. You remember the story in 1 Samuel that uh, I've preached about it many times, how that, that Samuel told Saul to utterly destroy the Amalekites. Remember that? The word of the Lord from Samuel was utterly destroy. He was supposed to kill everything. Everything. He was to take no spoil of, 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 the, uh, of the Amalekites. But when Samuel came back into camp, here's what he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but you can go read it. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 15. He said, is, is that the lowing of oxen? Do I, do I hear oxen? Is that the bleeding of sheep? What am I hearing? Oh, and who's this guy? You know what Saul said? Oh, oh, 
and could I, I'm just going to put it in our language and tell you the story so you'll understand it. He said, oh, this is Agag. Agag was king of the Amalekites. We saved him. We're going we're gonna to make a, a mockery out of him. We, we're going to have some fun out of old King Agag. Samuel was distraught. Saul thinking in his rebellion and disobedience that he was doing the right thing because he had done a good thing. You can do a good thing and not do the right thing. He thought he was right. But see, that's not what God said to do. God said through the prophet, utterly destroy the Amalekites. Could I, could I just give you the picture? Samuel reaches over and gets Saul's sword. And the Bible said he hewed, this is the word of the Lord, he hewed Agag in pieces. Whack! An arm fell off. Whack! Another arm fell off. Cut his legs off. Cut him up. Because somebody disobeyed God. They opened the door for the devil. And let me tell you what, let me tell you what else happened. Samuel not only hewed Agag in pieces, but he he told Saul that this is it. You you've lost. You you you've lost your kingship. You've lost your anointing. And and Saul died a man without an anointing because he disobeyed God. He thought he was doing a good thing. This is especially true of people who repeatedly disobey. You see, their hearts are darkened by, watch this word, reasoning. You can't reason God's word. You can't reason what God wants out of you. You have to take the word of God at face value. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. You know, we can go by, we can get on our little hobby horse and say, well, everybody else is doing it. Surely God's not going to judge everybody wrong. Let me tell you what God said. He said, you can't change the dotting of an I or the crossing of a T. And a man that does that, he is in danger of the plague that are in this book. Wow. He said you can't add to it and you can't take away from it. You got to obey the word of God. So the devil's access is the disobedience and the rebellion. Here's what Timothy, Paul told Timothy in, in 2 Timothy 3.13. But evil man, men and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. Come on, folks. Let me, let me tell you where we are. By the way, I'll just give a little testimony, okay? Thank God for a leader of the house that is a God-fearing man. I'm not politic, and I'm just telling you the facts. Because right now in America, you know what we got? We got, I heard the statistics yesterday on the news, and I was astounded. People my age, about 95% of us believe that you ought to stand with Israel. But when you start going down the spectrum and you get down to these young folks, it's a 50-50 deal in America right now that, that though there's a lot of folks that think Hamas was okay by doing what they've done and that when it's okay to come against Israel. Let me tell you something. You hear this preacher on this Wednesday night. 
God has his hand on his people, and we better never, never forget that. And those people, they're marching in the streets today. They walked out of the classrooms. They're leaving out of the classrooms in revolt and, and standing up for Palestine. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stand in this pulpit on a Wednesday night and say God is in charge, and he's got his hand on everything in this world. He raises up. I loved it today when I heard the new speaker refer to the Scripture and say God raises up men and God puts down men. You hear me when I tell you right now, that is truth. Now, I didn't mean to get off into politics, but you know what? We need somebody that will stand up because when you've got people that are deceived and they're evil and they're seducing men and they're waxing worse, and this is where we are, and they're waxing worse and worse and they're deceiving and they're being deceived. They actually think they're right. I'm going to tell you, the younger generation, and I'm not, I'm not back down on the younger generation, but you need to understand whatever age group you're in, you need to hear me today. You better pray for Israel. You better pray for the peace of Israel, and you better stand with Israel because God made a covenant with them. This war didn't start in Iran or Iraq. This war didn't start yesterday between Israel and Palestine. This war started in the book of Genesis between Isaac and Ishmael, and it's been going on and prophesied about, and it won't be over until the Lord says it's over and we win the battle of Armageddon riding in on a white horse with Jesus Christ. Amen. So evil men, greater effort does not dictate obedience. Saul made a great effort. He made a great effort. But you know what the Bible said and what the Lord said through the prophet Samuel? He got on, first of all, he, he rebuked Saul and he said, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion, if you go look, it's got italics, is as, that's in italics. You take that out because what it literally says is rebellion is witchcraft. That's what it literally says. And he also said obedience Somebody finish that for me. It's what? It's better than sacrifice. So you did kill Agag. So you are going to make sacrifices. But obedience is better than sacrifice. And because you've rejected the word of the Lord, God has rejected you. You disobeyed and rebelled against what I asked you to do. So God's going to take your kingship away. He's going to reject you. And it was so bad that when Saul had died, are you listening? Or excuse me, Samuel had died, that Saul went to the grave of Samuel and called up the spirit of Samuel out of the grave and asked him for the blessings of God. And Samuel's spirit said, why hast thou disquieted me? Some of y'all don't even know that's in the Bible. You better get some knowledge because you can be deceived without knowledge. Amen. Genesis 4, here's another one. You remember the two brothers in the beginning, Cain and Abel? Amen. Cain brought a sacrifice that was displeasing to God. He went to more trouble than Abel went to. 
but he was not right in what he did. See, I, and y'all have heard me preach this for years. I believe God's very particular about some things in, his, in, in, in our lives, don't you? I believe, he, I believe they're the, the little things that God, he's particular about. He, you know, he could have said, well, that's all right, Cain. That, that fruit, that, that looks pretty good. You did okay. But that's not, that's, not what, that's not what God did. That's not what he said. He brought the fruit of the ground, and it was unpleasing to God. Here's Genesis 4 and 7. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Cain was driven from the presence of God because of his disobedience and rebellion to what God had told him to do. This is why the Lord said in, 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 in the New Testament, in John 14, 30, Hereafter Jesus said, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. In other words, Jesus shut the door through obedience, but Cain left the door open through disobedience. And Cain, he got in trouble with God through his rebellion and disobedience. Jesus comes along and said, here's how you shut the door. You just shut the door by, by hereafter, I won't talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and he hath nothing in me. He can't get in me. He can't be a part of me because he's disobedient and he's rebellious, and that's why he lost his place in heaven. And he wants you to lose your place. God hates the cruel and carnal things that are done by those who serve the Lord in their own way. Everybody say this with me, in their own way. You can't serve God in your own way. I can't say it any plainer than that. This, this whole idea of, well, we're all Christians. We're all struggling to go the same. Sounds good, don't it? I mean, every church wants to go the same. Sounds great. How many of y'all, don't you raise your hand, don't say a word, but how many of you think every church is going to heaven? We're not judging, but, but here's my deal. If you're not following the word of God, I, I have my doubts you're going to heaven. Amen? Now, I'd love to tell you Aunt Sue and Uncle Johnny and Uncle Fred and uh, Grandma is is all all good and all saved, and well, you know they may be from one end of the spectrum to the other, and some of them may not even go to church. I, I I I'm I'm hearing now more and more. Well, you don't have to go to church to be saved. I I disagree with that. I believe you ought to be a part of the body of Christ. I believe you got to associate with the body, and furthermore. Furthermore, the Bible said, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together as a manner of some is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You ought to come to church every time the doors are open. Hallelujah. Not popular, but true. So, so we're living in that day when, when everybody, everybody's saved. Movie stars are saved. You can keep cursing. You can keep living with your girlfriend. You, you, you can do whatever you want to, and, and everybody's saved. And, and we can't, you know, I want to tell you something. God's not going to make adjustments for you. And he's not going to make adjustments for me. He said, here's the word, live by it. But if you want to open the door to the devil, 
and I'm talking about children of God, then just start disobeying the Word of God. Because when you do, the devil's coming in, and he's going to take a legal seat in your life, and he's going to control and dictate your every move, your every word, everything, your motives are going to be dictated, and everything you do is going to be according to the deceit of this world. God help us to get a backbone like a saw log and stand up for what is right and say the things that the Word of God says. I'm not here to preach to you a man-made doctrine. I'm here to tell you what thus saith the Word of God. But if God said it, we better believe it, and we better be living whatever God said. Amen. Amen. He hates the cruel and carnal things that are done by those who serve him in their own way. Here's what 1 Samuel 15, 22 said. Samuel said, Hath the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Does he have delight in, in great offers and sacrifice more than he does obeying? No. But to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. So let, let, me, let me go to Isaiah right quick. Boy, Isaiah said it in such a way. When I read this today, I thought, wow, this is, this, is, this is for good for every one of us. You ought to mark this in your Bible, Isaiah 66 and verse 3. It begins in verse 3, and it says this. He that killeth an ox is as if he slew a man, and he that sacrificeth a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck. He that offering an oblation as if he offered swine's blood. He that burneth incense as he as if he blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen their own ways, and their soul delighteth in their abominations. I will choose I also will choose their delusions, deceit, and will bring their fears upon them because when I call, none did answer. And when I spake, they did not hear, but they did evil before mine eyes and chose that in which I delighted not. It felt good to the flesh, but it wasn't good for the soul. That's, that, that's some strong stuff right there. You ought, to, you ought to mark that in your Bible because God said all these things that they think they're doing right, he said I, they've chosen their own way, but he said I I'm, I will also choose their delusion. You know what the Bible said in the New Testament? The Bible said that God in the last days will stro send strong delusion to those that love not the truth. If you don't like the truth and if you're not in love with the truth, honey, I'm here to tell you right now, you're going to be deceived. Well, amen. I got to hurry. Our disobedience communicates to those around us that we think more about what we know than what God knows. And some folks just think they got it all together. Just do it my way. Be like Elvis Presley. He did it his way. That was a big song. I did it my way. You go ahead and do it your way. When you get through doing it your way, God's going to do it his way. Amen? One thing you can't do your way, and that is live for God. 
You, you, know, you know what the result of rebellion is? If rebellion is witchcraft, it directly opens up the demonic realm of your life when you're rebellious. And sometimes people are ignorant to that fact. They don't, they don't understand. That's why, that's why you have to be careful with what you deal with. And I, I, I went somewhere the other day, and everything was black and dark. And I said, my Lord, what are we doing turning gothic here? Because, you know, the devil loves darkness. I don't know if you know that or not. This preacher, you may get you a preacher that likes dark churches. This preacher hates dark churches. Sorry, don't like it. I like to see who's here. I like to see what's going on. Oh, but it's such a comfortable feeling. No, it ain't. It's just a fad. I better give. I better move on. I might want to get elected again here sometime. But rebellion gives Satan a legal right into your life, and Satan, guess what he is? He's a legalist. I'm hurrying. Here's what. Here's what Peter said in two nineteen. Second Peter two nineteen. While they promised them liberty. They themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. They promise you liberty, but they themselves, these people that say you can do it your way, these false prophets that come along and are deceivers, well, it doesn't matter how you get to heaven just so you get there. Well, you know, that would be all well and good. And if I could use a, a word in my vocabulary, hunky-dory. But it ain't hunky-dory. Would Cain have believed that he would have killed his brother? Would Saul have believed that he would have murdered 85 innocent priests, their wives and children in a fit of rage? But rebellion legally control them. Disobedience caused them to do the acts that they'd done. Cain killed his brother out of anger because, not because his brother did anything wrong, his brother did it right, but because God judged him and he was rebellious toward God. Amen. Rebellion is increasingly becoming, whether you believe this or not, an accepted way of life, even sometime considered normal in the church. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm a know-it-all, and I don't want to sound like because I've done this a long time I got all the answers, but just let me tell you something. I remember the day, and I got people in this church that can amen this, that, that if the pastor said it, we had enough respect that we didn't question it because we trusted the man of God in our life. Amen. I'm just telling you what I know. This isn't something I've heard about. This is something I lived through. If the, if, I mean, I've seen the day when there was so much fear of God and respect for the Word and respect for the man of God that if, that if he said, I think we ought to do this, you, 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 just, <laughs> you just didn't question it. I see you shaking your head. Randy, Jesse, y'all raised with me. You understand. If G.E. Chad said it, I, I wasn't going to be the one to say, no, 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 no. Amen. You know where we are now? Everything is questioned. Everything is questioned. Well, and everything we want to reason out. 
Let me tell you about reason. It will get you in trouble with God. Because Saul thought he was right and Cain thought he was right and many others have thought they were right, but they weren't right because they didn't obey the voice of God. And, and, and I'm not telling you today that what I say is the law. I'm just telling you the spirit of rebellion lives in the world and has etched its way into the church and into our kids and into our young people especially. You know I'm telling you the truth. If you got kids in this day and age, you have a job on your hands. right, whether you believe it or not. Second Thessalonians said this, 2-7, for the mystery of the iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And here's what it said in the Amplified Bible. I want you to listen to it. The, the scripture that I just read in the, in the King James, here's what it said. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, in the Amplified Version, here's what it said. For the mystery of lawlessness, that hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority, is already at work in the world, but it is restrained only until he who restrains is taken out of the way. It's already here. It's already happening. Paul saw it in his day. It's already here. Because the iniquity shall abound, Jesus said, the love of many shall wax cold. The, the, this is said not to non-believers. This is to believers. Because iniquity shall abound. Because people are, are seduced and deceived and disobedient to the Word of God. My, my point here tonight is you can't give place to the devil. You can't give a door to the devil by disobedience or by rebellion. We have to adhere to what God told us to do and do it because it's right in the sight of God. It don't always feel good. It don't always taste good. It don't always make me happy. But I'm going to tell you the Word of God will get you out of this world to another world and we have to be able to believe that with all of our heart. Somebody ought to shout amen. Every place you find rebellion, you will observe that the Word of God is viewed as too restrictive. Every place you find rebellion in this world and in this church, you will find that they say the Word of God is too restrictive. The presence of outward fleshly lust is a manifestation of a disobedient heart. You've gone against the Word of God. This is why you are where you are. When people get hooked on drugs and hooked on alcohol and, and mentally depressed and, and going through things in their life, many times, it is because they swung the door open through an act of rebellion or disobedience and they went their own way and they decided that they would have their own friends and do it their own way. I'm preaching to you on a Wednesday night. You can't do it your way. you got to do it God's way. And if you try to do it your way, you're opening the door for the devil to come into your life and to be the king of your throne. Amen. Ephesians 5, I'm hurrying. For this you know, that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with any vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. The wrath of God will come on the children of disobedience. And those 
who, who are, are in the church who live in disobedience. Honey, I'm just here to tell you, if you're rebellious to the things of God, you're, you're making a, a terrible mistake. The, the oppression's coming. The depression's coming. The sin is taking. There, there's, there's two forces at work right now. Listen to me. The darkness of deception because they have not obeyed the Word of God and then the controlling spirits who, are, who have already moved in and they're attacking us because of some disobedience in our life. So the paradox is this. Because they are deceived, they blame everything except their own disobedience. They won't tell you they've disobeyed. This blinds them to exactly what they need to, to, to secure their freedom. you got to go back and say, God, I've messed up right here. I've left this out. I've not done this. I knew better than this. I know better than what I'm doing. I've got to repent of that. I've got to get that out of my life. I've got to straighten that up. Has anybody ever had to do that that I'm talking to tonight? God, I know that I've done wrong. I know that I'm not doing things right right here. you got to give me power to overcome that. you got to fill me with the Holy Ghost. you got to help me to do better. You got to get me, help me to get rid of the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life so that the devil don't control my life. When he does, you're going to find yourself in trouble with God. Amen. So the only cure, if you don't hear nothing else, you hear what I'm about to say. I marked this in red on my, or in, in, in a dark color on my paper. The only thing I marked, the only cure for rebellion is humble obedience. Humble obedience. And it comes with the grace of God. We all got a lot of pride. I said we've all got a lot of pride. We all don't like to admit we're wrong. I, 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 I will tell you that I'm probably hardly ever wrong. I remember one time when I was wrong, and it was when I thought I was right, but I was really I mean, I thought I was wrong, but I was really right. Now, that's a joke. But the facts are we don't like to say we're wrong. Am I right? The only way for us to get to God and get rebellion out of our life is humble obedience. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? You know, it, it only comes with the grace of God. And let me tell you about grace. Grace is not just a cover-up for sin. It's the power that God gives us to live a godly life. Grace is not a license to sin. Do you understand me? Well, God will forgive me. God, he will forgive you. But grace doesn't give you license to do the things that you want to do and disobey the word of God. Amen? Grace is a higher standard than the law. It's not a lower one. This is why. You've heard it said six times in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said, you've heard it said, but I say unto you. In other words, the law said this, but grace says this. It's greater than the law, but grace will help you get it right. You've got you to be careful not to emphasize only one side of God's personality. Let me show you about God, okay? You ready? We all know God's a God of love, Amen. I'm hurrying. i got just a couple minutes left. Romans 11, 22. Behold, therefore, the goodness, everybody say goodness, and severity, come on, say that with me, and severity of God. Paul said, behold, look at this, There's therefore, the goodness and the severity. There's two things. There's two characteristics here of God, goodness and severity of God. On them 
which fail severity, but toward thee goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. If God, God won't put up with this but so long. He can be a God of judgment just like he is a God of love because he, the, Paul said he's a God of goodness and a God of severity. On them which fail, he was severe. Severity, he said. But toward thee, goodness. In other words, God saved us. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the bottom line. If you love God, just keep his commandments. That's what he said. If you love me, matter of fact, in John 14, 15, where he said, if you love me, keep my commandments, most modern translation says it this way. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. In other words, it's not that we prove we love God by keeping his commandments. It's falling in love with God. And we automatically have the power to do God's will. So I'm hurrying. I'm, I'm through. When Jesus taught his disciples about increasing faith, he emphasized obedience in the little things. The little things. Obedience. Everybody say obedience. The attitude of your obedience is crucial. You've got to humbly be obedient to God. And when you are, when you are, you shut the door to the devil's reign in your life. If you purposely disobey or are deceived into disobedience, you, the devil's door is the minute you are, he walks in. He comes in and he starts dictating and he starts commanding and he is the legal, the legal throne of your life. He sits on it. He, he, he operates in the spirit and he moves you to, to do things and believe things and say things and go places and, and have things in your life that you shouldn't have. But the minute you get honest with God and you repent of your sins and you obey the word of God, you can slam the door on the devil's fingers and he'll get out of there and leave you alone.